Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who takes competition very seriously, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, that is the truth. I, I am a, a very serious competitor. Uh, Trevor's referencing our Among Us game. Well, I guess you didn't really play with us, sadly. Uh, you came on a little bit late. Yeah. Um, but our Among Us games that we have, I'm very competitive. I like to win. Um, I enjoy winning. You know, sometimes sometimes I'm the one, the reason we lose, but I feel like not too often I'm um, the reason we lose. Um, but today we have a good episode, as always, uh, planned, but we're going to be without um, some people's favorite contributor, personally my least favorite contributor, Ben O'Brien, for today, uh, as he is moving out of Bowling Green once and for all. So congrats to Ben uh, for being officially done with school. We're all very proud of him uh, here on the Small Baller Podcast. But like I said, let's get right into it today. We have kind of a different episode lined up today. It's not going to be the normal, typical uh, episode. Uh, just because, you know, I feel like a lot has happened uh, this past week in the sports world. Correct, Trevor? Would you say so? Absolutely. So I, I feel like we're going we're to kind of put this episode into two parts. Really, it's just going to be one really big part and one extra part, which is still a big part, but the first part's going to be the biggest part, which is going to be a lot of NBA topics. So Trevor, why don't you start us off a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, we, we've gotten in the past couple weeks, we've gotten some more details about the NBA season, which is good. You know, it seems like it's going to start December 22nd, it's going to go till mid to late July. Um, you know, they're going to have like a little play-in tournament to start the playoffs. Um, so that's all good. It looks like we're getting a season. Um, they're still, you know, finalizing some other stuff. But we had a lot go down between the draft and especially free agency. So we're going to briefly talk about the draft. Now, the draft, obviously, we talked about last week. It's kind of a weaker draft than usual. We've seen in the last couple of years, like players like Zion, Luka Doncic, John Morant, like players who already are starting to emerge as superstars, Luka especially. From this draft, I don't really know if we have any stars. Like, there's no clear-cut player that stands out and is like, yeah, this guy is going to be a perennial all-star. He can carry a team to championship. Like, I don't see anyone here who absolutely can be that. Maybe we will see 10 years down the line that maybe Anthony Edwards can be that, James Wiseman, or even LaMelo Ball. But we don't know. Now, with the draft, I think it went pretty much as expected. There weren't a ton of surprises. Uh, we got Anthony Edwards and pick, uh, picked first which, you know, that's that's why I expected. We saw Wiseman 2 to the Warriors, Lamella Ball 3 to the Hornets. Now, I, first, I'm going to start off with Anthony Edwards because, you know, Anthony Edwards is a player who, to me, I, I talked about it a little bit last week. Like, I think he is the best player in this draft. That's what my instinct says. Um, I think, like, he has a really good, like, frame. Like, he's already NBA-ready as far as his body. He's very strong, very athletic player, um, you know, and he reminds some people, obviously, of, like, Oladipo and Dwayne Wade. Uh, obviously, he was coached by—all three of them were coached by Tom Crean, so that's another way that they're all connected. And Anthony Edwards is a very good scorer. He was very good in college. Now, there is, like, a down—there's a couple different downsides and some concerns, one of which is that Georgia was just a horrible team— and it, it seemed like, yes, Anthony Edwards was playing well, but it seemed like there were some, like, lapses where, like, the effort seemed to, you know, kind of waver a little bit, which you never saw that. I don't remember ever seeing that with Dwayne Wade especially, and not Oladipo either, which so it's a little bit concerning with Edwards. We also just got a quote 
um, in the past few days, I don't know exactly, but he was talking to someone and he said that he didn't really watch a lot of basketball, which I thought was interesting, um, unless it was himself playing. So um, I don't know. I heard this quote and I was like, okay, Anthony Edwards doesn't watch basketball. That seems concerning because he's now a professional basketball player. You know, if you want to be the best, you know, Kobe Bryant used to always talk about this. Like you got to watch the best. You got to study the best, you know, if you want to be one of the best. And so I don't know. It was a little concerned. Now we did get some like players like Vince Carter, someone who, um, a player who's very, uh, highly respected in the league, just played for the Hawks this past year, just retired. And he was playing with, you know, some young stars like Trey Young, where he said, like, with some of these young guys, that's actually kind of normal. Like, you know, they they play video games a lot, you know, and they're not necessarily watching the game quite as much anymore. So Vince Carter actually, um, on the jump, he said he wasn't super concerned with uh, Anthony Edwards saying this. So I don't know. I, I, I definitely, like, take into, like, someone like Vince Carter, his opinion. I definitely like to consider it, but it's still something that I'm a little hesitant about. So, Brandon... What do you think about uh, Anthony Edwards and and him saying that he doesn't really watch basketball? So I I thought Anthony Edwards should have been the number one overall pick for sure. Um, I like it better than Wiseman, better than Ball, um, and I I just think he would have been the best fit um, at the number one spot. I, I, all these guys have have their downsides. I I really don't think him wanting basketball is that big of a deal. We, we've definitely seen a little bit of a shift uh, from players who used to be at all these games. I mean, there's a ton of players that used to just go watch the games. I mean, you see LeBron even today. He goes to the those G League games all the time. Um, I, I mean, we we've seen a lot of stuff like that. I, I think that's there's kind of a shift away from that. I'm really not all too concerned about how many games he watches in his free time. I'm much more concerned about how he plays on the court. Um, and I like Anthony Edwards. He's got to improve as a three point shooter and he's got to improve as a defender. Um, but those are things that can be taught in the NBA. And I, I think he's going to be a great player. He's one of the few players in this draft that I think will be really, really great. Uh, as we've talked about many times, it's not a deep draft at all. Uh, not a lot of great talent in this draft. Um, you know, there's some players I don't think that'll be horrible. Um, but most of them I, I was not super duper impressed with. Especially like, I mean, even if you look at the lottery picks, I mean, a lot of these guys just don't look like they're going to become, you know, these uh, amazing talents. Uh, in the NBA, but we'll have to see. You know, I'm, I've been proven wrong plenty of times in the past on my sports takes, um, despite what I tend to think. Uh, but Anthony Edwards is the right pick. I love Anthony Edwards. He improves on those two things, and he'll be he'll be better than Oladipo, uh, and maybe even better than Wade. Uh, but that that's a that's a high bar to reach because Dwayne Wade is good, just not a top 25 player. Correct, Trevor? Yeah. Okay. No, that's not correct. But all right, we can, uh, so there's a few other things, um, you know, like LaMelo obviously going to the Hornets. It's very interesting. Um, maybe a little unfortunate considering I think the Hornets are a very bad organization. Michael Jordan hasn't really been a great owner considering, uh, looking at his track record, gave Terry Rozier a huge contract. Um, and now just gave Gordon Hayward a huge contract worth, uh, 120 million <laughs> total. So It'll be interesting. I think Lamelo will be exciting to watch um, to see where his career goes. But it's I think it's going to be tough uh, for that team to have success um, in the near future. Um, I, I don't see it. So I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch him play, though. We also have, like I said, Wiseman on the Warriors. It'll be interesting to see him uh, develop. I also want to talk quickly about a player who I think fell a little bit far. Well, actually, I have two players. One of them is Tyrese Halliburton, who very interesting guard from Iowa State. 
uh, great creator, um, very good defensively. He is good, like, measurables, like, as a wingspan, I think, like, seven-foot wingspan. Um, so very talented player. He fell all the way to 12 to the Kings, who already have a really great point guard in De'Aaron Fox. However, um, you know, maybe they could work together. Who knows? I think it potentially could be interesting, and I think he was the best player available um, at that pick. I think he should have probably went in the top five or six. Um, there's a chance that he can even be better than LaMelo Ball. I'm not saying definitely, but there's a chance. We also had Tyrese Maxey, a player I personally just love, and I'm a little biased towards, just because he's he's just a very exciting player to watch, can create um, his own shot very well. Has a little, to me, the, you know, maybe this is, maybe some people would be a little like, uh, they would disagree, but he reminds me a little bit of like a Lou Williams, like a very good scorer, can create in a lot of ways, and I think he can be a very interesting uh, option for the Sixers. So he fell all the way to 21st. That was interesting. Um, and outside of that, I mean, I, I think the draft, like I said before, went as expected. There were some different trades. We saw the Pelicans, you know, they're continuing to stack up some draft picks. OKC doing mm-hmm. the same thing. Seems like those two teams are, you know, really setting up for, you know, the next five to ten years or so. Uh, Sam Presti, David Griffin, both phenomenal GMs. Again, another storyline that just, you know, really just shows how bad Dan Gilbert is um, and has been as owner for the Cavs to, to basically force David Griffin out three years ago. And now watching what David Griffin is doing with his young Pelicans team is pretty uh, horrible from Dan Gilbert's perspective. So I just wanted to point that out. Cavs fans, yeah, I feel sorry agree. for you guys that you have to deal with Dan Gilbert as an owner because uh, David Griffin should still be there. Um, but... For me, 100%. I think that's about it with the draft. Is there any other players that, in particular, you wanted to point out before we get to really just the huge free agency uh, potpourri as you, as a word you love? Yes, 100%. Um, I will have to give Ben his time to talk about Obi Toppin uh, from Dane going to the next next week when he's back on. Hopefully he'll be on next week. Um, but uh, that'll be for next week. No, nothing from my part. I'm ready to get into uh, some free agency because we had a lot happen. Yeah, so the first thing in free agency I think we got to talk about is the Lakers because they just won the championship um, with a team where, you know, I, I didn't I was one of the people that did not think the Lakers were going to win the championship. I thought the Clippers were going to win, but I thought, like, okay, so the Lakers, they're going to fall short this year, and I, I said this on Twitter, like, they're going to fall short, but then they're going to get better in free agency. They're going to come back and win in year two. Well, actually, they went in year one, and now they are getting better, and it seems like they're the heavy favorite to repeat. So they have just added Dennis Schroeder um, in a trade um, with uh, the OKC Thunder, where they gave a first-rounder, and they gave up Danny Green, who seemed to have a down year this year with the Lakers. Danny Green wasn't as productive as maybe they hoped he would be, so they get Schroeder, who had um, by far his best year, average about 19 a game. He's, you know, only 27 years old, so he's a player that they can kind of play, you know, put in their future, maybe even after LeBron leaves with Anthony Davis when it, or whenever he retires, whenever that is, is. We don't know when that is, obviously. But I think a great addition. Um, they did lose Rondo, but overall, Rondo's getting older. I think Schroeder is an upgrade. They got Montrez Harrell from the Clippers uh, for only, like, $19 million, which is insane when you think Over about, two like— years. Yeah, over two years, only 19 million, less than 10 million average. And then you compare that to. He's only 26. 
He's only 26, exactly. He's a great offensive player, just won six man of the year. And you compare that to Marcus Morris, who the Clippers just gave $64 million over four years, so a $16 million average. So to me, um, they also got Wesley Matthews, who is definitely like in the later stage of his career, but still a really solid veteran player. Mm-hmm. So with all of those moves considered, the Lakers are certainly trending up, and I think the Clippers are probably trending down. So what are some of your thoughts about the Lakers' moves? Well, also, we, we had news coming in that the the Lakers are a serious contender for Gasol, Marcus Gasol also, um, which would, in my opinion, really put them as an overwhelming favorite to repeat uh, the championship. Um, but, I, you know, they also kept Caldwell Pope uh, for a three-year mm-hmm. deal, $40 million. They, they did not spend this enormous amount of money, which was kind of the, the hope going in, uh, you know, knowing that Davis has to be re-signed. Um, and I think they did a really good job getting Montrez Harrell, who's, who's young, 26 years old, two-year deal, uh, $19 million, so it's $9.5 million each year. Um, it's very, very impressive. I'm impressed. Obviously, losing Rondo, I think, is big. Um, but gaining Schroeder, who's probably better than him. Um, and is able to score a little bit more um, than Rondo is. Now, while Rondo is a great leader, Rondo's older and definitely at the later end of his career. Uh, these moves to me seem really, 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 really great, um, and I'm happy to see that uh, LeBron might win another championship. That that always makes me happy. Yeah, I mean, he's on the hunt now. He has four. He's he's trying to catch Jordan, and it's looking, you know, there's like there's a better chance that he could. I mean, I think they've got to be the favorite as of now. If they get Gasol, too, which, um, you know, a lot of their spots now is basically veterans minimum. So, like, if Gasol takes that and he's getting older, so maybe he would take it, you know, to try to get another ring. And if he does, that's another, um, I think— you know, huge role player that they can add in, uh, still, you know, can hold his own defensively, can hit threes. I think he could be a good presence in there um, with the Lakers as well. Um, because Harrell, while he's very good offensively, defensively, we saw like some concerns with the Clippers. Um, but with the Lakers, I don't think it's as big of a deal. I mean, you have Anthony Davis, probably, I mean, the best defensive player in the NBA. Um, you know, he can guard your fours and fives. You know, he can guard Jokic. He can guard, um, you know, who, whoever else it is, Joel Embiid, if they happen to, you know, get the, get to the finals. Unlikely, but I'm just saying, like, against the, the best bigs, like Anthony Davis is going to be guarding him for the most part, not really Harrell as much. And then if you get Gasol, that's another body. Um, you know, there's, there's other guys like, I mean, they could just bring back Deion Waiters, but they could also steal away Kyle Korver from the Bucks if he decides to come back for another year, which would be another shooter. I mean, I think one of the main weaknesses that they have is probably shooting. So, like, if they get Gasol, that helps a little bit, and I think Korver could help as well. Um, I think Schroeder helped that too. So, I mean, the Lakers look really good. Um, but let's move on to another thing we did have. Now, the Warriors, a lot of people have been um, kind of talking up the Warriors, like, Warriors, like, yeah, like, if they come back healthy, they're going to be very good. Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh, they have Wiggins, but now Clay Thompson um, has suffered another injury. So uh, this is really just very unfortunate. I mean, Clay Thompson as a person, although we both, like, rooted against the Warriors, I, you know, as the juggernaut that they were, uh, in the past few years, Clay Thompson is a person. He's a great person. Uh, he's a really good player. Very uh, great three point shooter. Very great defensively as well. So I think that's a huge loss for the Warriors. And it's very unfortunate. Just as a basketball fan in general, I wanted to see Clay back. I wanted to see what the Warriors can do. Um, but uh, we're not going to get to see it, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, uh, what, what did you think about this? I mean, obviously it's very unfortunate seeing Clay go down again. Yeah, I'm 
it saddens me. I, I really like Clay Thompson. I, I have no issue with most of the Warriors uh, players. I actually, we were talking before the podcast, I actually like a lot of them. Um, and it, it's sad to see, you know, such a great player go down. He's going to have another year out, and that's going to be two years. I think this one was the Achilles injury. Is it Achilles, right? Um, I I think. I'm pretty I'm, sure I, it was an Achilles injury. But, you know, it's it's sad to see, you know, another year without Clay Thompson. And, you know, I, I think uh, with the Warriors in the NBA, the NBA is is a more competitive place. It's, it's, it's obviously more fun because he's such a fun player to watch. Um, so it's sad to see this happen. Uh, to Clay Thompson. I, I still think the Warriors won't be nearly as bad as they were last year. Um, obviously, with some more guys healthy, um, which would be very helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it's just, it's it's sad to see. Um, but, you know, to go back to it, we, we, we still have a lot of deals here. Um, and one thing we were talking about is if you look at, like, some of these top guys, you know, you look at Gordon Hayward, four-year, $120 million contract, 30-year, 30, uh, million average a year. Fred Van Vliet getting his contract, highest undrafted uh, player to get that much money, that highest amount of money for an undrafted player, four years, $85 million, over $20 million average. Um, you look at even Christian Wood, three years, $41 million, okay? Uh, like right around $13, $14 million average. And then you look at like Montrez Harrell, who got under $10 million a year. Um, and, I mean, that's that's huge. Serge Ibaka, same way, the Clippers getting Ibaka for two years, $19 million huge for them um and you know you look at some of these like higher end players and a lot of them are getting really 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 team friendly deals so trevor what what are some of your thoughts on these super team friendly deals for really high up players yeah so i mean it's interesting i i already mentioned the thing about the hornets i mean taking in these these players uh, like rogier and hayward just on pretty horrible deals honestly i mean with van vliet I think, you know, he's played very well in the past couple of years in the playoffs. So for them, I mean, four years, $85 million, okay, it's about $20 million a year. I mean, I think Van Vliet probably is worth that, honestly, at this stage. He's really um, improved. Um, but, yeah, some of these other players, it's uh, like Hayward, not a great one. I, You know, he's had still a lot of injury concerns. But then, like you said, you have some of these ones that are very team-friendly. We already mentioned the uh, Harrell one. The Baca one is very good as well. And and although I, I did say that the Clippers might be trending downward a little bit, um, I think it's more so that the Lakers are getting better and the Clippers are a little more stagnant. I think, like, yes, they're getting a Baca. A Baca is going to be a good addition. Um, definitely better defensively than Harrell was. But again, with the trade-off of offensively, he's nowhere near as good as Harrell, right? So it's it's a trade-off you have. Uh, they lost uh, Landry Shamit, who's a pretty good role player for them. Um, yes, they still have Beverly and Lou Williams, but I mean, Lou Williams is now mm-hmm. like 34. He's getting older. We know defensively he's not very great. And then we saw Paul George and what he did in the playoffs, which was really bad. I mean, maybe he'll turn it around, but it looks tougher, so... Yeah, I mean, I think some of these team-friendly deals are good uh, for these teams, uh, for sure. I think the Lakers are one of the biggest beneficiaries of that, probably the biggest. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting to see, obviously, some of these deals. Um, we did have a couple, like, huge trades that we saw, one of which was the Drew Holiday trade. Now, this was really st- kind of strange because— or at least the second part of it was with the Bogdanovich uh, piece. Because originally we get this trade, we see, okay, Drew Holiday, he's going to the Bucks, But in order for him to go to the Bucks, um, the the Pelicans are getting back like three picks. They're getting back some pick swaps. 
and they're getting George Hill and Bledsoe. Now, it ended up like shifting around a little bit because George Hill actually is now going to the Thunder. Um, this actually ended up being a four-team trade. So this four-team trade, here's the, to the totality of what it is. So the Bucks, they get Drew Holiday. They got a 2020 second-round pick, which ends up being uh, Sam Merrill. The Pelicans, they get Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe. They get uh, a couple pick swaps, and they get two first-round picks, one in 2025, one in 2027. The Thunder get George Hill, Darius Miller, and a first-round pick from the Nuggets. The Nuggets get... Uh, a 2020 first round pick, which is RJ Hampton. So from this trade, it, it's interesting. Initially, I thought, you know what? Usually giving up three first rounders and uh, Bledsoe and George Hill would be uh, would be way too much. But I think with the Bucks situation, I did kind of like it. Now I've I've started to come around a little bit more to like, man, this is super risky for Milwaukee because if Giannis doesn't sign the Supermax, then they're just like, their future's like gone. Like it's just like if it, it, that's it, like they're done because Giannis leaves, Holiday probably won't want to stay there if Giannis isn't there. And then they just gave away three first round picks. They did pick swaps. Like this is, this could be really bad for the Bucks. Um, so overall, I, I think I've changed around a little bit in the past five days I now am a little um pessimistic about it um Drew Holiday is a great player obviously so I I think he does he definitely is a big upgrade from Bledsoe who offensively was a little bit of a liability wasn't very efficient but overall um I don't know I think it's risky I still think again like how are the Bucks going to beat the Lakers if they play them um it might even be tough for them I mean we saw the matchup against the Heat that could still be a tough one even the Celtics who are getting better the Nets um, are now going to be in play as a contender. So I don't know, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this one um, because they did give up a lot for Drew Holiday. Um, it's actually kind of similar to what we saw uh, the Lakers give up for Anthony Davis. Um, so Brandon, what are some of your thoughts about the whole Drew Holiday trade? Look, it was definitely a lot, but I think if you're the Bucks and you think we need a point guard and that is going to put us over the top, then it's worth it. And I think for you know the next one or two years, if you think this brings you to the championship, um, then so be it. Then this is a good trade. I'm much more interested in the Pelicans' end of the deal. Getting Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, and a ton of picks. It, it, uh, David Griffin is such a great GM. One of the best there is. And you're 100% right about what you said earlier about Dan Gilbert. I mean, I can't believe he let him. He pushed him out like that. Not only did he let him walk, he pushed him out. He wanted him out. And I, I think I love Steven Adams, and I even like Eric Bledsoe, and I think this is going to be a good period of time for the Pelicans with a lot of those young guys. They're getting two more veterans getting put into the locker room um, who will have you know some leadership roles with that team, which is huge. Um, again, for the Bucks, to me, if, if you're in win-now mode, this is a great um, pickup. This is great. Um, you know, I like Drew Holiday a lot. I think Drew Holiday is really, really good, and he honestly might have even been getting capped out a little bit um, at uh, at the Pelicans, um, just because there's so many players around him. With Lonzo there, um, you know, it might be tough to get his hands on the ball a little bit more. Um, but in Milwaukee, this might be a really, really, really good uh, thing for him and for the Bucks. You know, it, it, I wonder if that pushes them over. You know, if this could, you know, be the opposite. It could be where, uh, you know, the Bucks are getting rid of some players, getting rid of a little bit of their core, and that might mess some things up. Because uh, the Bucks win a lot of regular season games. So we'll have to see. I like this trade all around, and I, I think it's a good trade overall. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately I do think, you know, you do do the trade if you're the Bucks. I think ultimately it was the right move. It just, 
you still in the back of your mind, like, very risky. But overall, if they win a championship, I think it'll prove to be uh, worth it. Maybe a little results-oriented. But I think that's what it comes down to, ultimately. Like, if the Bucks get a championship this coming year or maybe the year after, I think it turns out to be worth it. If they don't, then it's probably not. Um, Pelican side, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, they have these two amazing young stars, Brandon Ingram and Zion. They even have Lonzo, who's a good piece, Josh Hart. Now they get Steve Adams Bledsoe, two great leaders. So for the Pelicans, I love it. And they got picks. I mean, they have a bright future. Um, let's move on to another one. We have the CP3 uh, going to the Phoenix Suns. Now, this one's pretty interesting. I think the Suns are going to be a fun team to watch. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, CP3, it seemed like what he kind of did with the, the Thunder, he maybe can do the same thing with the Suns. He kind of like was this veteran that's kind of, you know, leading the team and they get to a five seed. Yes, they're not a contender, but he at least makes it interesting, maybe teaches them how to win to some extent. Um, you know, and I, I think he can do a similar thing with the Suns. Devin Booker, bright young star. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. Again, they're not going to be a contender, but maybe they can be like a six seed and maybe they can be like at least a fun team to watch. So it'll be interesting. Um, obviously this isn't like a long-term thing. Um, it doesn't, you know, by any means put the Suns in a position to win a championship, but it still, you know, could prove in the long run to be like good for Devin Booker's career. Cause maybe it, you know, makes him more into a leader. Maybe Chris Paul can teach him some things. So I think it's interesting, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they did give up Kelly Oubre, who had a really good uh, season, who now, he's now uh, going to be with the Warriors, um, young star, but I don't know, what, what, what do you think about this? Overall, I don't think it's doing a ton for the Suns as far as, like, next, like, the next couple years, but maybe, like, it could be good in the sense of, like, Devin Booker could could learn some, like, leadership. Yeah, I, I actually 100% agree with you. Chris Paul, to me, wants to win more than anyone in the NBA. I mean, he wants to win so bad. And that competitiveness, I personally love as a very competitive person. And I think that drive for someone uh, that has a really young team, you know, you look at Devin Booker, um, DeAndre Ayton, you look at a lot of these young guys on the Suns, and I think this can really drive them to be a better overall team. Um, and, uh, you know, if they can do what the Thunder did and get a little bit of that taste of, a uh, good amount of success, um, and you know maybe beat even a higher seed than that. Um, you know the Thunder almost beat uh, the Rockets or who you know whoever they beat or almost beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if if Chris Paul can do that for a team like the Suns that really hasn't had success in quite a while, um, this would be good for the franchise, for the fans there, um, and the players. You know Devin Booker could use something like that a hundred percent. This will make him a better player. So I I like this deal uh, for both teams. Again, both teams I think coming out with a little bit of something here. Um, and, you know, this is definitely one um, that I liked a lot. Yeah, and there's there's one other thing I wanted to touch on that initially I, I didn't have written down, but I wanted to just hear your thoughts on it. And, you know, we've heard a lot of rumors about, like, the, the like James Harden trade possibilities. And I wanted to hear, like, like who, I guess just as a fan, who do you think you would most like to see James Harden go to? I personally would love to see him on the Philadelphia 76ers. I think like a, a trade for Ben Simmons, which is possible. Um, it would be really interesting to see him with Joel Embiid. But I just want to touch on that. And then if there's anything else you have uh, before we get into the NFL. Um, so I'd say, here's the thing. If I was a fan, I don't want James Harden on my team at all. But as a fan of not this team, 
I'd want him to go to the Nets. You get three selfish players all on the same team. It's going to be interesting to watch that team play basketball. There's going to be so many shots, no defense involved from Harden, Durant, or Kyrie. Um, that, that team defensively, I mean, Durant's a good defender, but the other two are not good defenders. So it would be really interesting to watch that those that little trio play. Um, in, I don't know if they complement each other, but supposedly, and I know they have the assets to do it. They could get that done if they wanted to. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually end up you know, moving forward that as there has been some talk supposedly about it. Yeah, I, it would be very chaotic for sure. I, I don't think I would mind it. Um, I don't think they would win, um, but it would be very fun and chaotic. 100%. I 100% agree. So yeah, with that being said, um, if you don't have anything else for the NBA, we will get into some NFL topics because I think Let's in the NFL it. there's also been some interesting things that have happened. Yeah, so what, what do we got? We got some games to talk about first? Yeah, so I think first, like, we, we had, um, we've seen, like, the, the Bucks or not the Bucks the Seahawks and the Cardinals game. We saw that on Thursday. Kyler Murray, yep. Russell Wilson, we were like, okay, this is going to be a fun matchup. We saw him play a few weeks ago. Here we get to see him again. And I think it was a pretty fun matchup. You know, the Seahawks did win this one. Um, obviously, teams coming off of a short week. The Cardinals, who who just played a thrilling game against the Bills, obviously that that throw to Hopkins that was just absolutely just insane uh, to see. Um, you know, Hopkins with the Jordan glove. You know, a lot of you know great uh, promotions with Jordan going on now after that. And then you get the Cardinals; they do fall short um, against the Seahawks. But I think both of these teams are just very good. You know, they do. Both have their flaws, but I think they're both going to be there in playoff time. They'll be interesting uh, to see, and really just seeing Kyler Murray's growth. I mean, he he seems like an MVP contender. You know, he's played very well, only you know second year in the league, and he's really fun to watch. What are some of your thoughts about this game and just I guess Kyler Murray, uh, his growth? This was a fun game. I I enjoyed watching this game. Um, Kyler Murray is great. I mean, this was really a battle of two great quarterbacks, and he's been one of the better quarterbacks this year, um, for sure. And I think both these teams will have success in the league um, is this year, and I think years to come, especially with Kyler Murray. And, you know, this game really could have went anyway. It could have went either way. Uh, the Seahawks are obviously coming out on top at the end there. Um, but, you know, Kyler Murray is such a fabulous player. Um, and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins didn't get targeted a lot in this game. He got clamped up with just a little bit. Um, but obviously the previous game was really, really entertaining with that Hail Mary pass. It's interesting. Kyler Murray said that he's never thrown a Hail Mary pass uh, until yet, uh, last week, or two weeks ago, I guess we should say now. That was uh, his first time throwing a Hail Mary pass. And he tweeted, like, you know, Hopkins is up there somewhere, so, <laughs> which was uh, quite funny. So it was a great game. I really, really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, definitely. And I guess, like, you know, from that, um, both these quarterbacks, are they're both MVP candidates. Both these teams are great. Um, so seeing these two teams match up, obviously, is, is always going to be exciting. Maybe we'll get to see in the playoffs. Who knows? But um, we also got something that's a little more unfortunate. Um, we, we talked about the Clay Thompson injury. Another unfortunate injury we're seeing is the Drew Brees injury. He has, um, I forget ex- the number, but I know he has cracked ribs. I, I forget the specific number of how 11. many. 11, 11. 11 cracked ribs. So this obviously is a little bit of a step back for the Saints, who have looked very good the past couple weeks. Obviously, they completely destroyed the Buccaneers, looked like one of the best looked like the best team in the NFL that week for sure. Um, and now we see this. Seems like the Saints are gonna, you know, play Jameis now, which 
you know, a, a James is probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. So it could actually be, you know, still pretty good for them. I mean, there's a lot of great pieces, I think, around him. They still have a really good defense. They have good weapons. Um, I mean, Alvin Kamara is one of the best players in the NFL. They have Michael Thomas. Like, so I think James should do fine. And I say should, like, a little cautiously because he, he still mm-hmm. might get, well, he's like— not, a, He's not the name starter. They're playing Taysom Hill. Oh, so they, they named Taysom Hill the starter. Yeah. But some people, supposedly in the organization, said that they, they don't want Taysom Hill starting. I don't know why you don't play Jameis Winston. Yeah. And actually, there's been some fantasy football. Trevor, I know you don't play fantasy football, but there's been some fantasy football drama. ESPN has Taysom Hill listed as a tight end and a quarterback. Uh-huh. And he's lined up most of his snaps this year. He's lined up at tight end. So whoever has Taysom Hill in your league, you're projected like 18 points because he's going to play quarterback today and ESPN said they're fixing it for next week but they're not fixing it for this week so if you have Taysom Hill it's a good play put him at tight end because he's gonna he's probably gonna get a lot of points that's very interesting I don't know why they would start Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston I mean like Taysom Hill I, yeah I agree. he's, he's I a mean, good threat like he can do a lot of different things I know the Saints um, think that he's really great they gave him the contract extension for two more years it was like 12 million or something like that I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like they like him a lot. He plays. He kind of plays everything. I mean, literally, yeah. he plays every position. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll at least see some Jameis snaps. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I we'll, we'll see. I guess. But I, I think the Saints, regardless, will probably still be even without Drew Brees. I still think they're going to be really good. I still think they're going to beat the Falcons today. Um, but it's definitely a little concerning once we get to the playoffs. You do need Drew Brees back. Um, so we'll see what happens. I hope he does come back. Um, even though, um, obviously, I, I will root against the Saints um, in the playoffs as I, I would like the Bucks to go very far. But nevertheless, I hope Drew Brees has a speed recovery. We also have um, a game. We have a couple games that we're going to predict before we get out of here. The first one we'll start with is the Sunday night game tonight. Um, if you're listening, it might already, it's probably already over because you're probably listening to us on Monday or Tuesday. But we have the Chiefs and Raiders. It is the rematch. The Raiders beat the Chiefs. 40 to 32 last time. And, you know, I think that the Chiefs are going to get some revenge tonight. I think that, again, I, I think the Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL. This was their lone loss against the Raiders. I think they're going to get revenge. The Raiders are, um, for sure, a solid team. They're formidable. I think Derek Carr has played well. I think he has a lot of uh, very good players around him. So maybe the Raiders will at least make it interesting, but I definitely think the Chiefs will win this game um, by at least, you know, a touchdown, 10 points, maybe even two scores. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on this game, Brandon? So the Chiefs have had trouble with a lot of teams this year. I mean, we saw the Chargers game was close, obviously losing to the Raiders, and now the Raiders are at home against the Chiefs. Uh, I, I'm i not going to go against Patrick Mahomes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that they win, but I don't think they cover the line. I think they only win by seven as well, listen, or as you guys are uh, hearing us now, the line is seven and a half. Um, so I don't know if it's going to change, but I think they'll they'll win by seven, one touchdown. Mahomes has a very good game. We see Josh Jacobs run for like two touchdowns, um, and I, I think overall uh, the Chiefs will win. Yeah, definitely, definitely, probably a lot of points, uh, just like the first matchup. Um, and we have another one, the Bucks Rams. Now, as a huge Tom Brady fan, I want the obviously the Bucks to to win. Um, but I'm a little, like, there's a little concern with this game. The Rams, I think, have a very good defense, uh, great pass rush, you know, and we saw, like, the Saints have some success, obviously a lot of success against the Bucks in both games with their pass rush. Uh, like, Cameron Jordan was kind of just, like, you know, pretty easily getting past the block of Tristan Wirfs in particular a few times, which frustrated me, and 
maybe we'll see something similar to that against the Rams. Um, however, the Bucks also have a good pass rush, and Jared Goff um, is uh, not not exactly the quarterback I would want um, behind my team in a big game like this. So you could see it from both ends. You could see both quarterbacks feel a lot of pressure, and you could honestly see both quarterbacks play bad. Like Tom Brady, you know, I love him. He's he's still playing very well overall, even at age 43, which is crazy. I still think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league, but he's not at that top tier anymore because, and one of the reasons is because um, more and more now, once he feels pressure, um, you know, it's it's harder for him to, you know, I, I guess, like, get out of that and escape. Obviously, we know he can't run. He never has been able to. So it's tougher for him to, when he feels pressure, um, really just com- complete passes at a consistent in a consistent way, whereas you have quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, who can be still very successful when they feel pressure. So I'm a little concerned, but then again, Jared Goff's definitely worse than Tom Brady, so... Honestly, it, it might be whatever defense uh, gets better pressure on the quarterback could win. I, I do still think the Bucks will win, but I'm not confident in it at all. Yeah, I'm a little more confident than you are. I don't think the Rams... I think they're good, but I don't think they're quite as good. Goff is really inhibits their ability to be better than they... I think they could be better without Goff and with a different quarterback, um, potentially. So I'm going to pick the Bucks by 10. I think they cover the line, too. Um, yeah, Tom Brady's playing well. At his age, he's playing more than well. Um, and they got a lot of weapons around him, so I'm going to take the Bucks by 10. I'll keep it nice, short, and sweet. Anything else you want to uh, hit on before we wrap up today's episode, Trevor? I think that's about it. You know, it's always it's always uh, good to hear you talk good about Tom Brady because um, sometimes <laughs> you don't. Um, but, you know, it's good. It's, maybe you flip-flop a little bit on Tom Brady, but it's good to hear you talk talk good about him so but that's about it yeah, i think he, it's going to be another interesting week in sports 100 percent. he's he's not my all-time favorite player um in fact he <laughs> might be my least favorite football player um but you know what that's a conversation for the different day we'll end that uh the episode here for today thank you all so much for listening really really appreciate it of course subscribe to the podcast we're on a ton of different platforms um you know leave us that five-star review if you like the podcast and you know what leave us a comment we, we enjoy that or tweet at us uh the uh link is in the description the twitter account is at the small baller that's our podcast network um on uh, hopefully on monday but it might be on wednesday we'll have the next episode of the 12th row podcast with josh baskin um which will be great to hear um so if you're a soccer fan i highly recommend you go check that one out because he is brilliant with that stuff just absolutely brilliant um but with that being said thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time Go Falcons!